Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today, I hope young men seeking romantic relationships hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today is actually a momentous episode because we have our first guest on. <laughs> um, he's, he's a good friend of mine. His name is Jonathan Choi. Hello, hello. He is a, he's the leader at our church. He's a he's a you know, entrepreneur. He's a he's a praise guy. I mean, he's like he does it all. He's a and so we're, Man, we're really making me sound real good. <laughs> No, nah, that's that's not you. Uh, but um, yeah, we have him on today, and just to give you guys um, the reason why we thought that this would be a good topic to talk about is because when we, Jonathan and I, we were talking one day, and we realized that the way that we approach dating is very different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but the fact that we're both married means we both did it right. <laughs> we did something right. Yeah, we yeah. did something right. Yeah, so uh, let me uh, let me let you listen to Jonathan's, I guess, love story, how he met his wife, and it's kind of just his, a little bit of background. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, I am now married, man, it's about a year and a half uh, to Lois, but I met Lois for the first time, shoot, I should probably have this stuff already memorized. Uh, <laughs> man, it's a long time ago. It was an E2 conference. Um, it was a retreat, and she was a counselor there. I was a counselor there. I was counseling her brother. Um, yeah, and I, th- I was like, man, she's really cool. Uh, but then quickly found out she was dating someone. So I said, hey, <laughs> I'm not about that life. I'm just going to avoid right. her. Like, yeah. there's no need to do anything about that. Um, yeah, that was always just one of those things. Like, if someone's dating someone, you don't need to be doing anything with it. Right. Uh, but few years after that, um, she reached out to me because I had done a Europe trip and she was trying to go to Europe uh, and just asked, yeah, like, hey, what are the things that we can do in Europe? And when she started talking to me, we started talking for a while. And then I was like, whoa, hey, you're in a relationship and I want to mm. honor that. And so it's starting to get late, so I'm not going to talk to you. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, and for some reason, I think she found that like really honorable, I guess. Uh, but yeah, as, as time went on, I guess she, she became single and all my friends knew, like they would literally like make fun of me. And go with <laughs> but, uh, when she became single, uh, I knew that I really wanted to date her. Like I saw her, I, I think, uh, physically I was like, oh wow, she's cool. But like also like, uh, like personality wise, right. a lot of things clicked as well. And so I actually just called her up three days after she broke up. So I found out she broke up and three days later I call her mm. and uh, previously I had bought some tickets to Lion King um, thinking, hey, I'll probably be dating someone right. by the time it comes <laughs> around. Um, but wait, 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 one question. Yeah. Were you hoping that that would be Lois? Dude. Was there any part of you even a little bit? <coughs> Excuse me. I, I mean... Kind of. I mean, honestly, I was just at the point where I was like, I really want to see Lion King again. Hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and get two. (laughs) Um, Yeah, part of me was like, dude, it'd be really cool if it was Lois. But she was dating someone, so I didn't really have that expectation. Um, But she got single. And then literally three days after, I called her up and I said, hey, I think you're really cool. I would love to take you out on a date. 
um, are you available? And uh, she was really taken aback. Mm. She was like, uh, I just, like, just became single. Right. It's, like, really fresh. Mm. And I told her, like, hey, like, no pressure. I'm not saying, like, we need to go out. Mm. Like, let's just see if we would have good chemistry together. Mm. Um, I'm going to pay for everything. Just come out. No pressure. I'm not trying to make anything happen. Let's just have a good time. Um, and I think she asked her friends and her friends said the same thing. Like, yo, if he's going to take you to Lion King for free, right? like <laughs> you might as well just sit and pretend like you like him at least for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, get something out of it. The, the date went really, really well. Uh, and then at the end of the date, uh, she basically was like, Hey, I need like two months or mm-hmm. a month and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we didn't talk again. Um, and then after that, everything kind of worked out, um, brought her back to her house, said hi to her parents. Mm. So was, was it the two full months that you guys didn't talk for? Yeah, yeah. It was like oh, a wow. month and a half to two months because oh. we went on the date and then she was like, I'm not going to talk to you until graduation. Mm. Um, so I came up for graduation uh, and then that's when we decided, hey, let's go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, let's just go ahead and go on a couple dates. And if I always told her in the beginning, if we go out on a couple dates and it doesn't work out, then we could still be friends. Like, it's not a big deal. I just want to know right. if, like, there's something there. Mm. And I'm willing to pay for a couple dinners to mm. see if there's something there. Right. Uh, and that's kind of, like, how I've, I've thought about it. Um, but, yeah, we, we drove back down, stopped at her parents' place, talked to her dad. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, I didn't... It didn't even hit my mind. Like, when we were in UGA... Uh, I was like, oh, hey, I'll take you down because mm. I was like, oh, I can get a couple more hours. Didn't think, oh, I'm going to be like riding up to her parents' house. <laughs> and then got out of the car. Um, you know, I've just always been a very straightforward, like black and white guy. So when I came in, mm. I saw him, you know, I was like, oh, he's like, who are you? Mm. And then I was like, I would like to date your daughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know. I, I've just always been very straightforward and upfront got Mm. the can you speak korean and what does this poem mean Mm. and some other stuff but uh yeah Um, so just so we can get the timeline straight so uh (coughs) lion king that was Mm -hmm. the first date and then there was like a two-month hiatus Mm -hmm. and then after that did you guys kind of do the whole like let's just try to get to know each other before we make it official if so how long was that period yeah so for me uh after the date, um, I think when we went back up to UGA, we were like, hey, let's just give it a shot. Mm. Uh, but the mentality going into it was, I'm just going to show you who I am mm. in a very honest way. Mm-hmm. And if you like what you see, then we'll keep going. Mm. And, um, you know, as I've, I'm sure we'll get into it, but as I've always thought through dating, um, I, I don't like this notion of like, I'm going to give you this fake version of myself right. that I really think you're going to like. And then come wedding day or someday or many years down the road, you're like, psych, right. this is really who I am. Like this, the bait and switch. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, like uh, my thing when I when I started talking to Lois was, hey, let's just be real honest. Mm. And then if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, then we've avoided what some people would take, you know, six, seven months to figure out uh, to like get behind some of the layers and then. You're like, oh shoot, this isn't who I thought you were, right? You know, right. and so yeah. And just just to give you guys a taste of where our differences are, the first bit of it is um, actually during that two month period, 
Lois talked to me about you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was because I was leading Bible study at the time and she just wanted some advice. And without knowing any of the stuff that he just said, just knowing that she had freshly gotten out of a relationship and this guy was already talking to her. And because I'm, I'm more conservative, I think, when it comes to like dating, I my immediate gut reaction yeah. was, oh, this guy is like, he's like up to something, you know, like... <laughs> So trying to take advantage of right, girl. right, right. <laughs> so like my first initial impression of Jonathan before I met him wasn't positive, <laughs> but like after getting to know him and the, and the fact that they're married now, I was like, wow, like I don't know if I should be going around giving Dude. relationship advice. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of people who when when we first started, they were like, hey, you need to give us some time or you need to think through it, and I mean. I, I actually agree with all of that mm. if I was going into it thinking like this was going to be it. Um, but the mentality that I had was, hey, we're just going to go on a few dates mm. and then from there we'll see where it's at. And so, um, yeah, definitely didn't want to jump headfirst if someone's out there listening to it thinking mm. like, dude, all or nothing. That's definitely not the thought. But mm. yeah, definitely a lot of people think it that way. So, um, so there was... Disney, Lion King, musical. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What other types of like dates that you guys go on if yeah. people want some? You're you're, you're you're so right. So everything I said about making sure you give a very honest uh-huh. view of yourself, I guess I didn't really do that because <laughs> I took her out on like the greatest date in the world. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we did some Braves games. We did um, we did Lion King. Uh, we went to Goat Farm. She's a photography major, and so. We went out there. I told her to bring her camera. We like snuck around taking pictures. Um, we did Piedmont Park. Go, went to a place called the Nook. They got these tachos. Mm, um, tachos. What are I, those? It's it's like tots, mm. but like nachos. So instead of the oh, chips, they're tots. They're really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, it took her like rock climbing. Um, yeah, we did a lot of active stuff. She was very like athletic, right? Which you know, like for me, I really I really like that. Mm-hmm. And so we did, we did a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> and now to give uh, the, the listeners a contrast, I, I'll get into kind of how I yeah. met Shirley and how we started dating. Um, so for me, I, I knew my wife, I knew of her since she was a senior in high school. Dang. So, yeah. And I was a senior in college. Because we're four four years apart, and I had just started going to the church that she was already attending, and that's when I met her. So she was like a student in the youth group. I was a, a Bible study <laughs> teacher. Dude, that sounds so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's when I knew of this person, you know, Shirley, that she existed, and we were always like friendly. We were uh, because of the age difference. It's not like we like hung out all the time, but yeah. whenever I saw her at church, I was like, hey, and. Um, when she started going to college, she actually went to Georgia State first, but transferred to Tech. And she knew that I was attending. I had attended Tech, and I think I graduated right when she was coming into Tech. So, mm. like, I offered to like give her a tour. Oh, there and, you like, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> show her, you know, like, uh, and I spent four years here. Like, this is like all the best places to like take a nap. Like, if you nice. want the best food, like, this is like where you go. And so starting from that point, which was like two years after I had met her, starting at that point is when we, I guess, upgraded to friends. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, we just we were just friends for a few more years, and right before she graduated, I think she was a first semester senior year. So this is like two, three years down the line after uh-huh. I gave her like the Georgia Tech tour. <laughs> um, we started leading Bible study together. So nice. She saw that like we didn't really have anything for college students at the time, mm. and so. She pulled me in because I think I might have been like the oldest person in the ministry <laughs> that had nothing else to do. So she just pulled me in. Um, we, we talked to the pastor together. So, and she kind of arranged everything, like all the logistics and everything. And I, I just came uh, with like a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was actually around the time. Oh, actually, and, and that went on for like a year or two, year or, or two. And... At the tail end of that, that was when Lois talked to me about, about yeah. you. Yeah. I actually remember coming to some of this. Oh, that's right. That's in right. the beginning right. of our relationship. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it was really uh, during that time that something sparked, like where, where the flame was ignited uh-huh. a little uh-huh. bit. But I'm actually not a really, not a real forward guy. Mm-hmm. And even with like just guy to guy, like, relationships i'm not like super like aggressively like hey like i just met you let me give you a call and we can hang out like yeah i'm i'm an introvert so i don't really do that so that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of how i approached uh, my relationship with with shirley and like so we were like already friends like we were constantly talking to each other like planning bible study or just talking about other stuff uh-huh and i think the thing that really sealed the deal is um so shirley's parents owned a frozen yogurt shop right yeah and, i remember that right and they like her mom would go to costco to buy like 18 gallons of milk every week oh my something crazy but like she would have to fill up like two separate carts of just uh-huh. like milk and having heard that me and the, there was actually another guy named matt we were like man that sounds really rough so we volunteered to help her and so instead of Shirley's mom going, it was the three of us, me, Matt, and Shirley going to Costco. Nice. But Matt was only here for like a semester because he was uh, uh, doing an internship. And he, he, he's from Pennsylvania. Hey, whoop, Matt, whoop. Matt, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, hope you're doing well, buddy. No, Shout uh, out. <laughs> and uh, so after Matt left, I continued to help Shirley. There you so, go. Right. So there you go. Every Tuesday, we would meet up after work. She was finishing up her internship so like i would get out of work at five she would leave her internship at five so it was like perfect timing to go meet up at costco um buy all the stuff drop it off at her yogurt shop and then we would always like eat dinner together or something dude that's how you do it yeah you just slide it in there right and then so it was after like another like several months of that we one day Decided to just like skip work. She just she skipped work. I got <laughs> work off that day. Yeah, and we like went on a random road trip, and it was it wasn't like we planned anything. We literally just got in the car and said we're gonna drive north and stop at wherever we feel like stopping at, and like just looking at whatever we feel like looking at. Wait, so at this point, mm-hmm. is it clear that you're dating or you're just a couple of friends? So that's the thing that got in a car and just started going north. If if I'm being honest, outsiders would definitely be like, they're dating. Dude, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think for us, well, well another piece of uh, trivia, I guess, that, that it's uh, necessary to understand the context here is, I 
had dated someone in the same church um, that was pretty serious. Um, yeah, I heard about for this. a few years, and um, Shirley didn't want to because, like, if right out of the relationship I started dating Shirley, then people would be like, "Oh, Shirley like stole yeah. the guy or something," you know, like some ridiculous like rumor might have started. So I think Shirley was a, always kind of guarded. In that mm. sense, like, that makes sense. I, I'm pretty sure she liked me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm pretty the sure silent like, confidence. I'm pretty sure she was attracted, but it was because of that part of it. And I think we always kind of kept it, you know, at arm's length mm. away from us. Um, so, but I definitely liked her, and it was actually on that trip, um, like after, near the end of the day, like when we had come back, I told her that I liked her, and. She she laughed. <laughs> the, the first initial reaction was nice. Hey, Shirley, uh, I like you. And she said, <laughs> and then she didn't say that she liked me back for like another two weeks. Oh snap, yeah, dude! So, she holding out on you. Yeah. So um, for me, it was just you know usually when you tell someone you like them and they don't respond, it, it means that they don't like you. Yeah, back. that's that's what I would assume. Yeah. So in my head, oh, she doesn't like me, but. I, I didn't want... like It was a good relationship. It was like, even as friends, I didn't yeah. want to throw that away. So I was like, okay. And then I was a little bit like taken aback. But yeah. I kept up, like I kept talking like, to her. Did you still get milk on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, I still did what a thing. man. Yeah. What a good guy. Yeah, and we, you know, we, we texted each other. We, like I hung out with her and stuff. And then later on, she told me that she liked me. But... She told me she wasn't ready to date officially yet. Hmm. So it was another like three months of just kind of like, I don't, I honestly don't know what we were waiting for. I think Shirley's perspective, she just wanted to put more time in between like Hmm. my previous relationship and this new relationship. Yeah. So uh, we, we, and then, yeah, like three months after that, we officially started dating. So this was a really like slow climb, slow build from the point I met her, like building yeah. that relationship little by little until finally culminated in the so actual romantic. What made it like official? I officially asked her. Oh, like, would you, will you go out with me or will you be my girlfriend yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. So it was, um, we went to Costco again. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, we get all the stuff, you put all the milk in the trunk, right? Um, I had left like, flowers and like balloons and stuff Dang. in the trunk so that when it opened it'd be like well you go out with me um yeah so that, that's how i asked Dang, yeah, dude yeah. that's 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 good yeah hey that's if, you guys, awesome. if you guys drive out there dude you need a good this is to- this is the bar you want to get married <laughs> put some stuff in like surprise your girl dang yeah. that's awesome yeah so i didn't yeah. know that kind of with with both our backgrounds out there now um jonathan i want to ask you with Obviously, yeah. you, you're kind of the more upfront yeah. kind of approach. Yeah. Like, what what parts of that approach appeals to you, and wh- wh- why do you think? Yeah, it works. Yeah. So for me, my my thought process has always been, um, you know, I, I've also had that like Asian Korean dating experience where like you like a girl, then you start talking to all her friends. To figure out if she likes you. Mm, yeah. So that by the time you ask her, you're like 99% sure she's going to say right, yes. Right, right. Uh, but then when you do that, at least from my experience, uh, when the girl says no, 
there's all this built up relationship that happened in between like this gray area. Mm. And so when you put the girl in a position to say yes or no, when they say no, like they don't know what to do with that gray area. Right. Uh, whereas for me, I've also tried like, Hey, going up and just being like, Hey, like I'd like to take you out on a date. Um, not putting all that work behind it. And when they say no, uh, because there was no gray area before, I mean, it's just, we can just pick off, pick up where we left off or whatnot. Right. Um, and so for me, uh, there's that part and part of like guarding myself, I guess. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I felt like there was also this thought that sometimes people are out there with like ulterior motives. I mean, it's not mm. bad ulterior motives. It's not like you're trying to like get with the girl or anything. It's like you're trying to date her and so you're doing all the stuff. Right. Um, but there was another part of me where I was just like, you know, I'm just going to be really honest. Mm. And like, if I feel a certain way or, um, if I want to like really date a girl instead of, um, hiding the fact from her Mm -hmm. and doing all this other stuff to kind of maybe do it and hope to God she like picks up the signals or something. Right. Um, I just felt like for me, it's just fairer for the girl. It's fairer for all this other stuff to just like leave it all out there. Right. Like, oh, is he buying me this stuff because he likes me? Is he just my friend? Is mm. this how he is? Right, like, right. None of that stuff. Like, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, like no games. It's just this is it. Like what you see is what you get. And I'm not going to hide, um, yeah, any intention, I guess, right. um, behind anything. And so... So, as an introvert, I have to ask, because yeah. um, you make it sound really easy, which for you, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think for people like me, our, our biggest fear is that when you do take the like upfront approach, yeah, the not the backlash, but kind of the aftermath yeah. is, is something we feel, I think, is hard to deal with. Because, hmm. like, you know, there's like awkwardness and all that kind of stuff, so... Is there anything that you do to manage yeah. that? So, so like for me, even when I ask someone out on a date or the first time I'm dating someone, mm. uh, I, I try, I, I try to do it with like no expectation. Like I, I let them know, like even Lois, our first date, I was like, we might walk away from this date looking at each other and being like, that was fun, but, uh, we ain't, we ain't going to date. Right. Like th- there's nothing there right. and we can just be friends. Mm. And so because that expectation is there and I already told them like that can be an answer. Right. Uh, there's almost like a back door that's left open for them, mm. uh, which then I think allows them to kind of just be free and just kind of be themselves. Um, and you know, I just let them know like, Hey, like th- this might not work out. Right. And all I want to do is just get you some food and we'll go do something fun. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I always find common ground to start with or things like that, but Mm. I go in expecting the girl to probably say no. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like, have you ever had a situation where you asked someone out on a date and they either said yes and you went on the date, figured you guys weren't for each other. So you stopped or like she just straight up said no. Mm -hmm. And so in that situation, like how, how was kind of the atmosphere? Like how was your relationship with her going forward? Yeah. Um, so actually, um, 
I yeah, like before Lois, I actually asked somebody out, and I was like, "Hey, I'd love to take you out on a date," mm-hmm. and they were like, "Uh, oh, let me pray about it." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Sure, yeah, like no pressure. I'm yeah. not trying like making sure this happens, like whatever." And she came back. She's like, "Nah, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to decline. It's not mm-hmm. anything against you. Just not the right time or not the right person type right. thing." And I was like, "Great." Mm-hmm. And then that was it because all it was was question and an answer it wasn't my time invested in trying to figure this stuff out or right me talking to her friends or making sure everything was going to be set up for this moment right because i had nothing invested mm. when the no came it was like i mean it, it sucks to you know get yeah. a no but at the end of the day there was nothing invested so it wasn't like a huge jenga tower falling down it was like you know right, maybe so one piece just flipping over i guess right yeah yeah okay yeah oh yeah See, I, so that's because that's the part. So the approach that I take mm-hmm. is I always kind of do friend first, get to know each other. And when you know and you are confident that I'm not like a serial killer or like <laughs> some sort of like like bank robber or something, like once we have that kind of rapport set up, um, that's when I, like after that and when I have a certain level of confidence that like the feeling is mutual mm-hmm. that's when i kind of say hey like do you want to go on a date yeah that's the point that i but like like just in listening to you and your approach i can see like that my approach like i got really lucky because <laughs> if if Shirley, i spent all that time with Shirley, and she said no then i think the repercussions would have been much greater right like for sure yeah in the, in the sense that so much more invested in there. Exactly. And she's going to start wondering, oh, did he only help me with all this, like, like Costco runs because right. he wanted to, like, you know, date me or something? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, that's a huge risk, I think. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I've, de- I've had that experience myself where mm-hmm. I've invested a lot and then it's gone away. I've had friends who, like, invest a lot of time, money, resource, just, like, trying to, like, make this thing work. Right. And then by the time they ask the question... They say no, and I'm like, you could have known that no months ago. Right, right. Like months, hundreds, thousands of dollars ago, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know, just at least for me, right? I, in my approach, I, I just like thinking like, hey, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that would be just the mutual hope that the other person is just honest as well. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I think there's this misconception that like even if she kind of notices me but doesn't really like me if i like woo her long enough like i'll mm, get her right, right um but i mean i i don't know i can't say that it's not true i guess i've seen people do that but right. um for the most part at least the way i've seen it like you got you just got to put it out there at some point yeah yeah for sure and i, I think one point that i do have to make is you kind of have to know the type of person the girl is. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think the the two different approaches, um, some like Jonathan's approach might be really effective for like some people, but like for example, with my wife Shirley, she's also a very shy, introverted person. So if I were too upfront with her and too forward, yeah, she it might have actually turned her off to right. like uh, dating me. No, yeah, yeah, totally. I could totally see that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But like with with someone like Lois, who's more outgoing, <laughs> more like 
you know, like sociable. Yeah. I'm sure she appreciated like you approaching her and being very honest and upfront about it. Yeah. And well, that's not to say that when you slow play it, you're not being honest. No, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I think honesty is very fundamental and very Mm -hmm. necessary. Um, Yeah. In any relationship, like trust is. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Foundational. Yeah. The slow play is really more just um, when you, you're, you're just building up rapport. And you're investing more in it, hoping for a better outcome in the end. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. Like it just it just so happened that it worked out for me. But yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I think yeah. We don't really talk about this much. No, in, like this is this is one of those things that I feel like Asian people in general just they everyone talks big, mm. but when it actually comes down to it, like this is I don't know. It's, it's a very vulnerable place for anybody to be. Right. It's a very scary like. Um, yeah, and, and no matter, you know, who you are, what you like, who you're like crushing on or whatnot, like hopefully, you know, whether you're going to slow play it or just kind of go up and talk to somebody in in any way, I think really what we're doing is we're honoring the person that we're trying to pursue and really meeting them wherever they're at. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, definitely not one right way because... Right. We could probably bring a whole bunch of other people yeah. here. They're not going to have, you know, the same experience as us. Right. Yeah. You know, now that we've talked about our background and we've talked about kind of the approach we take to relationships, um, I actually wanted to talk to you, Jonathan, about different, I guess, myths hmm. or yeah. like just questions that I've heard um, from people uh, out there. And And the first thing I want to talk about is lust versus love Mm, yeah because this is a interesting topic to me because the what i perceive in the media and how i see the media portray love a lot of the times is just lust yeah you know what i mean so i feel like people who learn love from tv um, because their asian parents won't talk to them about it (laughs) um, yeah they can kind of have you know, misguided notions of what love really is. Yeah. So you want to talk about that a little bit? What do yeah. you think about? Um, so for me, fundamentally, uh, one is selfless and one is selfish. Mm. Um, so lust uh, would definitely be selfish. And what I mean by that is you, you look at something and you want it. Mm. Uh, you look at something and you're like, mm, I want a piece of that or oh, wow, like, that's very attractive to me. Right. Or, wow, they can do something for me. Or it could even be emotional. Mm. Like, they make me feel this way, uh, which is very different from love, which I think is very, very selfless. Right. Um, it's more about, wow, I have found someone that I can die to myself for. Right. Um, like... Lois and I ha- get into arguments all the time, mm-hmm. and yeah, of course, uh, because I think I'm extroverted and I'm like quick witted. I'm able to come up with things quicker. Right. Uh, but there are many, many times that I hold my tongue where I mm-hmm. could like dig the right. knife, like 100. Right. Like I got a headshot lined up. Mm-hmm. Like if I say this, I'm winning. Right. Like right. this is this is it. Yeah. Uh, and then the number of those bullets that are left in my pocket that I don't shoot, um, mm. that I feel like is a better measurement of love. Like right, right. the things where, Oh, I would really like to do this, but I know she would want to do something else. 
Yeah. And I'm not even going to give her the option. I'm just going to pretend like I don't even want to do this or I'm not going to do it. Right. And I'm just going to do the thing she wants. Right, or, right. um, Yeah, it's a lot of things like that. Like, I want her to feel this way, so I'm going to give of myself in this way. Right. And, um, and just to kind of go off that, um, I think lust is really easy. Yeah. But love is very difficult. It's like something yeah. that you like work on every day. Like when you, mm-hmm. you know, you have that clear shot. Yeah. Of just ending that <laughs> argument, but yeah. you don't take it because you know, like, it's not about winning the argument, right? It's about like building a marriage together. Yeah. And sometimes like winning an argument is counterproductive to that. Yeah. And, and so, but like lusting is like, it's just a reaction almost. A lot mm-hmm. of the times for guys, if we're being honest, you know, yeah. Like, we're walking down the street and we, like, see someone. Like, it's very easy to just, like, lust over that person, even when you're in a, like, committed relationship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that, uh, and, and that's not, that's not love. Like, just because you lust over someone yeah, that you definitely randomly not. met doesn't mean that you need to get divorced. And, you know, like. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I think loving, like, if, you're, if it's hard to do and you're finding yourself needing to work on it every day. Like, you know that that's love. And you know that you've kind of gotten out of that just purely, like, infatuation, like, yeah. stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, that's not to say it can't start there, like you said. Right. Like, the first time I saw Lois, I was like, wow. Like, she, I, I think she she's pretty. Mm-hmm. I think she's cute. Whoa, she's athletic. Mm. Well, she can hold a conversation. And we can talk about Disney. What? Right. Yeah. And And, you know, like, none of that is, like oh, I'm going to give myself to you. Like, no, right, right. not at all. But um, that's where I think, you know, the dating portion and just getting to know someone is is there. But there is a certain point where it switches. Right. And, um, yeah, it gets to a place where, yeah, like you're just willing to give up of yourself. Right. And, and kind of segueing off of that, um, I know that a lot of people, when they first date, like because of lack of information you automatically go to, is this person pretty or not? Yeah, I mean, it's got to start somewhere, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, um, let's talk about kind of the pitfalls of chasing looks and foregoing, you know, character and personality. Yeah, I mean, this this is hard because when you start, it's got to start somewhere. But uh, this is where you can tell the difference between, uh, personally, someone who's mature and someone who's not. Mm. Someone who's mature can start, get infatuated, and keep a good head on their shoulders to still be able to see the forest for the trees. Mm. Um, There are so many people, I think, who get tunnel vision and they lust after someone. They're like, oh, like she looks so beautiful. Mm. And once they get in, red flags start flying everywhere. And they're like, no, but this is going to be okay. Like right, I've already, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, it, it kills me because I feel like a lot of times people go into dating someone and saying, because I'm on a date, I am now completely done with everyone else and you're it. I'm going to make it work. Right, right. Uh, as opposed to let's go out on a couple dates and then let's see if this is going to work out. Mm. Uh, I've asked you out on a date because of maybe your looks. Right. Uh, but I'm here for the next two, three, five dates to see what's under there. Mm. And if I open it up and there's a whole bunch of red flags, like, see ya. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 
a lot of people, they'll like, I got her on a date. Like, I finally got mm. something on the line. I'm reeling this in, and this is it. Right. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people don't even get to the personality part. Mm. Um, but, I mean, looks are going to fade away. For sure. Like, it's not going to be there. Yeah, and I think, to your point, a, a lot of people think because the looks is there, that somehow the all the red flags are forgivable, yeah. justifiable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they're, they're so, like, desperate to hold on to the looks part of it, like, oh, right. I got this part down, like, I don't need to worry about anything else. But that is definitely... I've seen many friends who go through tremendous stress right they go through just a lot of like just crazy things um because they hold on to something that's not really meant to work because right personality incompatibility and things like yeah. that yeah so yeah yeah for sure I, I think we're aligned here yeah we definitely endorse and encourage um digging deeper mm-hmm. in, into like a person's character and personality rather than just saying Oh, you're hot enough that I can forgive everything else. Yeah. And, and I mean, to add to that, like, it doesn't mean you got to find someone who's exactly like you. Um, I think the best way that I've heard it put is it doesn't matter if you're 10% the same or 90% the same. It's all about how you manage, how, how you manage the 10% that you're different or the 90% that you're different. Um, mm. Someone who's completely different from you. Uh, but you can manage the differences and kind of compromise or work together through them is going to be far better off than someone who's like 99% the same and that 1% difference, they just can't work through. For sure. And and so personality-wise, you know, I would just be really open. Uh, a lot of times I've seen like opposites attract. Mm. Other times I've seen like the exact same person. I'm like, whoa, you're like marrying yourself. Right, right. Um, you, you know what's funny? Like we talk about this all the time, but... We feel like you and Lois have very different personalities. Oh, we are like complete polar opposites. Like you're like the, you're honestly, you're the most optimistic person I know. <laughs> and Lois might be one of the most pessimistic people I know. She, she's definitely a realist. She, she dots her eyes and crosses her teeth right, for sure. Right. And on the other hand, me and Shirley, I would say that our personalities are pretty similar. Yeah. 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 We're, we're kind of just, uh, I don't know, like just. We, we go with the flow, kind of. Yeah, never y'all really, look really pretty, like, mellow. Yes, yeah, kind of, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Like, chill, and, yeah. So, I, yeah, both definitely work. Again, because we're both married. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> we made it. Yeah, we made it. So, <laughs> so we know that that works. And um, so this next question, um, I've actually been, ever since I proposed, hmm. um, I would say that this is the most popular question that I've received. Who? And the question is, how did I know Shirley was the one, right? So mm-hmm. for you, how did you know Lois was the one? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out by saying I actually don't believe there is the one. Oh. Because let's, let's just pull out this theory. Um, and, and let's say the moment you were born, there was this one person that was supposed to be your person. Um, and we have some free will. And so... Let's say your person, because they were desperate and couldn't wait, you know, for you to come along, hmm. ended up dating someone else and didn't, you didn't have the opportunity to date her because she was dating someone else and she was so desperate and ends up marrying someone else. What does that mean for you then? Right. And so 
um, that, well, that's just the logic theory. But right. if we if we actually dig into it, when we start thinking, hey, this is the one, your whole life, you're just sitting there storing up expectations for this, the one. Mm. And by the time she comes around, she she might at first look like the one. Right. Um, but real quick, you'll find out that, man, they've got flaws just like I've got flaws. And uh, so for me, more than like knowing someone is the one um, or having the one, uh, for me, like me and Lois, I knew we were ready to get married when we both were more committed to the relationship than we were to ourselves. Hmm. Um, in every argument, there is you, your spouse or your girlfriend or whoever else, and then the relationship. Right. Uh, and what are you going to choose? Like, are you just going to get stepped all over? Hmm. Uh, are you just going to win every fight because you got too much pride? Um, or are you sitting there really trying to build something? Hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what a relationship is. It's, it's building something. You find someone and you say, Man, there's a foundation here where I think we can build something great. Right. Um, like the day we got married, right? Like the day after, we didn't have this like beautiful mansion of a relationship built. Right. No, it's like this is the start mm-hmm. and we get to pull all of our heavy lifting and all our work to start building towards the dream mm-hmm. um of of what our relationship can be. And so for me, uh, more than thinking about it as, wow, they're the one for me. The question I always ask is what can I control? I can only control me. Right. So how can I become more of the one for my spouse is probably a better way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you find somebody who you can start dying to yourself for, mm-hmm. um, if you found somebody who's willing to do that for you as well, and both of y'all are committed to the relationship um, that's when I was like, wow, like we have something special. Mm. It's not just dates. It's, I mean, if you ask anybody, good times are always good. It doesn't matter who you date. Good times yeah. are always good. Right. But what are the bad times like? Mm. Are the bad times times of growth and times of pulling you closer together? Or are the bad times like freaking volatile and like pulling you apart right. and like tearing you to pieces? Right. Um, and for us, I mean, like, Lois just really had a lot of the things that I was looking for, mm-hmm. you know, for someone who I wanted to do life with. Like, one of my biggest values is is church and God, um, and then another one is family. Um, and then, like, some of the not bigger ones, like sports and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Like, like, it just all kind of connected really well together. And so there's some of that, like, whatever, like, I don't know what you want to call that, um, attributes or whatever like Mm -hmm. to the side but at the end of the day when i knew was i am willing to die every day for this person and not like take a bullet because that'd be really easy what would be hard is every single day choosing them over myself right yeah oh that's good um and so that's that's how i think you find the one Mm -hmm. um someone who you're willing to do that for and is, and the other person is willing to do that for you too. Right. Because if the other person isn't reciprocating that, that would be a very abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, even if you never get hit physically, like emotional abuse is like so much worse. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like that's, 
that's kind of how I see it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think I'm very, I agree like 100% with what you said. Nice. Um, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> um, and kind of the soundbite I give to people who ask me this question is um, finding the one is not a discovery, but a decision. Mm, I like that. Yeah. No, totally. Right. So it's like if, if you're convinced that there's some like one person out there that is perfect for you, like even after even if you get married and like you have a good relationship, the moment that it goes bad and you find someone who seemingly seems to be more compatible or seemingly seems more, I don't know, to, to understand you more. That's the moment you convince yourself, oh, I married the wrong person. Right. This new person is the one. Right. And I, I'm convinced that because people believe in this, the one notion so much, like that's the reason why divorce rates are pretty high. Yeah. And because you're always, like the moment something goes bad, you automatically assume that they're not the one and you just hop to the next the one, you know, which right. is ironic because... <laughs> if you've had five the ones you know yeah and so for me it's it's more of a question of like am i willing to commit myself to this yeah. person mm-hmm. and do i see that this person can commit to me yeah because at the end of the day without commitment everything else is just bonus and extra yeah totally yeah so to to be able to say like every day um no matter what happens i'm, I'm going to like you said die like for this person mm-hmm. you know um think of this person's needs first um, yeah you know do do things that i normally wouldn't do to benefit this person right I'm, I'm actually uh going through that a lot now um both in the giving side and the receiving side so mm-hmm. uh my my wife is pregnant she nice yeah you did it <laughs> <laughs> and because she's pregnant there's a lot of things that like you know she can't do mm. um, or I encourage her not to do like right. bending over to pick stuff up things like that I'm like hey let me do that for you and yeah. it's not it's not always something I want to do like especially when I'm like playing like PUBG or Apex <laughs> you can't pause online games right but, like to pause it and go do something for my wife and then come back and see that like I got killed and like my teammates are yelling at me because I just disappeared like um, that that's something that I'm willing to do for her but uh, on the other side I, I sprained my ankle. Yep. Because... Because you were doing the sick ollie. <laughs> I was there. I saw it. Okay. Jonathan's being nice. I was attempting an ollie. It was awesome. I wiped out. I, <laughs> I destroyed my ankle. And because of that, uh, like, I, I wasn't able to walk around for, like, the first four days after that yeah. happened. And despite being pregnant... Shirley would say, hey, no, you got to you gotta lay down and heal. I'll go do whatever it is that we need to do. So, like, mm-hmm. she was doing things like, like taking out the trash, like all these things that, like, are my job. Yeah. She would do it. And that was her way of, you know, dying for me. Yeah. Doing all these things that she, she doesn't want to do them. Um, but she does it because it benefits me in my recovery. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, when you when you see that you, you've experienced it and and you just you you gotta commit right it's a decision that you make yeah that's mm-hmm. when you know it's the one yeah right yeah no for sure I mean um, yeah like Lois every day after work um, she comes in and I'll always offer to try to help or whatnot and sometimes like I'll do the dishes before she gets home and things like that. Um, 
but she's always so willing to serve and I just got lucky because I think her love language is like acts of service mm. um, mm-hmm. and things like that and so she she's always willing to do it um, but yeah it's funny how when both people are willing to give mm. there's a surplus right but when both people are there to take there's never enough mm, yeah um, and it's like this really funny thing where if both people are willing to die for themselves both people will live so much happier mm. um, but when both people are just trying to take the one thing that they want mm. there's just so much less right uh, and so yeah no it's really interesting yeah hey man th- thanks so much for you know talking to oh, us yeah today. dude this is fun yeah. I love this yeah and, and if you guys are wondering why the, the sound quality is so good is because for the first time, I'm actually using like a real mic. And, and <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it sounds. We'll see how it sounds. Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, like I said before, he, he's a do-it-all kind of guy, so he has all this sound equipment because um, he he's led praise teams. He's this isn't your first time doing podcasts. No. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a very stupid fantasy football <laughs> podcast. Um, um, you yeah. want to you want to plug anything for for the few listeners that I have? Uh, for what? I don't, anything. Anything. Um, yeah, I know you have a lot of things going on. You know what? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's anything to plug. You know what? I'll just give a shout out to my wife because uh, we're talking about, talking about relationships. Um, Lois, if you're listening, you are the absolute best and you give up so much, uh, time, resource, just everything you have, um, to love me. And I am absolutely lucky. Uh, to have married you and found you. So, give a shout out to the wife. Oh, that's, that's so nice. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, um, on Sunday, I told her that... So, I had this joke that um, if my friends pay me $5, I'd, I'll uh, plug something <laughs> for them. Um, so, for Lois, the one thing I would plug for her is she's super artistic. Mm, and yeah. she's a... She might be... A- anytime Shirley and I do any sort of event and we need, like, calligraphy or, like, decorations or... Anything to make it look pretty. Um, Lois is 100% always the person that we call. If, if she's not free, we, we actually postpone like, the <laughs> event or whatever it is. Um, so um, I know that in the future, she might, she, this is a big might, she <laughs> might do something with that um, business-wise. Um, yeah, no, I think she's definitely got the creative skills. She's a photographer, a calligraphy person. Mm. Um, yeah, she's been getting into watercolor. And so, yeah, no, that... that Thanks for yeah. plugging that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you need anything creative, Lois Choi. Yeah, yeah. Choi. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <not kidding>. Choi. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, are we are we good on time? Do you know? Oh yeah, no, we we got plenty of time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else. I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah. Um, but um, as always, guys, if uh, if there was anything on this podcast that we missed, um, anything that resonated with you, at any any reason. Um, you want to provide any sort of feedback, uh, please email me. Uh, the email will be in the description, and it is ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. That's, I hope they hear this podcast, so it's just initials, ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, um, I'm hoping to have Jonathan on more often, because he's so good at this, and this is so fun. Um, so... Yeah, if, if you guys have any uh, topic suggestions or anything like that, let us know. And uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else we need to talk about? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, then, uh, 
A special thank you to my guest today, my first ever guest, Jonathan Choi. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and、uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time.